following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Alan Gilman from All Saints Lutheran Church with a special message for the beginning of 2021. Well, 2020, as you know, was really one for the books. Even apart from COVID-19, the past year was unusually full of tragic events. And here are some of them. The year started with Australian bushfires burning a record 47 million acres, which began in December 2019. On January the 26th, basketball legend Kobe Bryant, his daughter and seven others were killed in a helicopter crash. March the 9th, the Dow Jones Industrial Average suffered its worst single-day point drop ever. April the 19th, a killing spree occurred in Portapique, Nova Scotia, leaving 23 people dead, the deadliest massacre in modern Canadian history. In May, we heard of a possible North American invasion of so-called murder hornets. They were actually first spotted in British Columbia in 2019, but it didn't seem to hit the news that much, and it works much better as a story for 2020. May the 25th, George Floyd's death led to demonstrations and riots around the world. August the 4th, a major explosion happened at the port in Beirut, Lebanon, and sparked the accidental detonation of 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, killing at least 190 people and injuring thousands more. Beginning mid-August, deadly wildfires erupted in California, from California to British Columbia, burning millions of acres and displaced hundreds of thousands of people. August the 28th, beloved actor Chadwick Bosman died at the age of 43 after a four-year battle with colon cancer. October the 31st, Typhoon Goni, that's how you pronounce it, made landfall in the Philippines, becoming the strongest landfalling tropical cyclone in history, displacing hundreds of thousands of people and killing dozens of people in the region. November the 8th, Jeopardy host Alex Trebek died following, following his battle with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. I didn't mean to depress you any more than you already are. It's been quite the year. Now, perhaps it's not been your personal worst, uh, but maybe this has been the hardest year for you. But for many, it hasn't been COVID-19 itself, but it's been the restrictions surrounding COVID-19 that has caused the most hardship. Many had hoped that by now we'd be over it, or at least it would be better. Well, actually, it is a lot better. Ottawa has some of the best COVID numbers anywhere, but then we got hit by another lockdown. Happy New Year, everyone. And so, you know, is it really a time for resolutions? We actually feel that we're so constrained, we're restricted. What can we do It's in such a situation like we're in right now? Well, New Year's resolutions are problematic in and of themselves. Uh, as you know, they're easy to make, but they're a lot harder to keep. But there is something that we can do. And so I propose that this year, instead of making New Year's resolutions, I offer to you a New Year's declaration. Now, a declaration doesn't make something happen. A declaration is a statement about something that is 
true. And this declaration that I'm suggesting that we declare at this time connects us with a truth and a reality that perhaps we've lost grasp of. May we never really grasped it. The declaration that I'm proposing is one that was made a long time ago by the prophet Jeremiah, who lived during the, one of the most terrible times in biblical history, several hundred years before Jesus came. And so I want to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 17 through 21, the first part of verse 21, uh, to see this description of the, of the destruction of Jerusalem that happened in the day of Jeremiah. Therefore, he, that is the Lord, brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, basically the Babylonians, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or aged. He gave them all into his hand and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon." And they burned the house of God and broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious vessels. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword and they became servants to him and to his sons until the established until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the prophet of Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah had prophesied that this would happen. And he lived during the time of this great and horrible destruction. And Jeremiah had a very difficult and unique job. Uh, he functioned like many of the other prophets of old and bringing the word of God to the people, but he had a very different message to share, which made his life even more difficult than it would have been otherwise. Throughout biblical history, we often read about how God would speak to the people of Israel to be courageous and to face their enemies and how God would put their enemies into their hands if only the people would follow him. Now, what God was saying through Jeremiah was that they were to surrender to their enemies and that that, that was God's will for them, that, that it was God's will. The, the situation had gotten so bad city and the temple needed to be destroyed. The people were going to be taken into exile for 70 years before under the Persians, they'd be able to come back. And Jeremiah was tasked by God by telling the people to surrender. And so, you know, he would, he would get it from all sides as well as suffering along with the people as he witnessed this horrible, horrible tragedy. Jeremiah documents his the the cry of his own heart as he witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem in the short biblical book of Lamentations. And so first I want to read uh, two verses that describe how Jeremiah was feeling in the midst of this of this destruction. So this is the book of Lamentations chapter 2 verses 11 and 12. My eyes Jeremiah's is writing here, my eyes are spent with weeping, my stomach churns, my bile is poured out to the ground because of the destruction of the daughter of my people, because infants and babies faint in the streets of the city. They cry to their mothers, where is bread and wine? As they faint like a wounded man in the streets of the city, as their life is poured out on their mother's bosom. 
This is terrible. Should I compare it to our time that we're in? That's not really the point. It's not really the point whether this is worse than the time that we're in. The point is we're living in difficult times. Jeremiah was living in in difficult times. And from Jeremiah, God has something to tell us. And it's this declaration that I suggest that we declare in a few minutes. And it's the declaration that he makes in the next chapter, Lamentations 3, I'm reading verses 21 through 24. These are familiar words to you, I'm sure, but I don't know how much we think of the context in which they were said. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. Again, this is Jeremiah. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So in the midst of all this death and destruction, Jeremiah holds on to this great truth. We first see that he purposely calls this to mind. And it takes effort to remember truth. This doesn't bring the truth. This brings the truth to mind and enables us to connect with it. That's why this declaration is so important. It was important to him. It should be important to us. He purposely called this to mind, which enables him, in in the English Standard Version that I read, it enables him to, um, it says here, uh, to hope. But the word yachal actually means to wait. There's another word for hope, which is kava. Uh, those who hope in the Lord. Sometimes, it's, and, they, and in English translation, sometimes they use wait, sometimes they use hope for these two words. But the the idea of kava, which is not here, is uh, is hopeful expectation, the, the trust that this good thing is going to happen. We read about that in Isaiah 40. Those who hope in the Lord or wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, knowing that God's going to come through. It's true that God's going to come through, but Jeremiah is saying something different here. It's This is enable him, enabling him to wait. This is the sense we don't really know what's going to happen moment by moment, but we need, the, uh, we need something from God to enable us to continue on day by day through most difficult times. And that's why it's this is more waiting than hoping. We need God's ability to wait in such a time like this. And so what is it that he brings to mind to enable him to wait for the Lord? And the first thing he speaks of is the never-ending steadfast love of the Lord. I love talking about this word that is translated steadfast love. It's the Hebrew word chesed, something that we should never forget. It's one of the greatest concepts in the entire Bible. It's God's covenant faithfulness, his loyal love. He promised to Abraham that no matter what would happen, God would make sure that he would hold the people of Israel together as a people, that that they could expect God to come through for them. They, he would punish them when they did wrong, but they could they can 
account on God's faithful love. And when we come into covenant relationship with God by trusting in the Lord Jesus, we could count on his covenant love no matter what. He is loyal to his word. He is loyal to his people. Jeremiah brought that to mind and we need to to bring that to our minds that no matter how bad things get, God is always faithful to his people. And then we're told that his mercies, which are his compassions, are refreshed daily. That God's yearning in his heart for his people. That God isn't this stoic uh, uh, being who has, has, in a sense, no feelings for his people. It's hard to understand how God could have feelings for us, but he does. He yearns in his heart. It's it's a metaphor, right? Because God's not a, a human being. He became a human being in Jesus. And through Jesus, we see how God's compassions work out uh, in God. God feels deeply for his people. And these compassions are refreshed daily. Like, we can look back on our past and see how God's compassions have worked out in our lives, and that's encouraging. But we need to remember that there's a sense in which every day is a new day with God, where God cares for us today again and again and again. It's today's compassion that gives us what we need to keep on keeping on for each and every day. And then he proclaims, great is your faithfulness. And that means God's faithfulness is huge. So the word faithfulness here is is a description of God being completely true to himself. We could count on him because God is steadfastly true to himself. And then Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion. You know, we love to have things. And Jeremiah was as living in a time when all the things that the people of Israel held precious, especially the temple, and then that great city of Jerusalem was falling apart before their eyes, but he still had something to hold on to, and that is the Lord himself. Now, the Lord isn't a tangible thing, but better. It's not that knowing God disconnects us from reality. No, knowing God draws us in to to the reality of what's really, really true. And so we can count on God to be with us in a, in a tangible sense. He is more tangible, not less tangible, than the, the material things around us that are, sh- are shaking all around. Far more shaking in Jeremiah's day, but we're experiencing shaking today. And so Jeremiah says, therefore... I will wait for him. He said at the beginning, this is why I am saying these things. And then he says, because I've said these things and they're true, I am able to endure the difficulties day by day. And so because of these things, we don't lose heart. We look to him. We must attune our ears to him because he energizes us to live for him no matter what the circumstances uh are that we're facing. And so all this is why I suggest that this be our New Year's declaration. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great 
is your faithfulness. Now, this might sound like a pep talk, but it's not a pep talk. And it's not an attitude check. This is a statement of reality. We're not making these things true. We're saying because they are true. We're saying them because we forget them. We must remember them so that they will take hold of our lives and that our lives will reflect the reality of this declaration. This declaration does not deny the challenges of our day, but it does confront them. We must remember that God has the upper hand, and if we truly trust in his Son, God is with us, Emmanuel. And because that's true, there is no telling what he will do in us and through us. We're facing restrictions, but God is not restricted. What is he calling us to do at this time? I want to share one more thing that's really important before I lead us in this declaration. I've shared this before. It must be said. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is a New Year's action item. If there's anyone in our lives that we have not forgiven, this is the time to do it. The time is short God's judgment is coming if it's not already here. We must forgive others so that God will forgive us. Whether the person is alive or is dead, if we are harboring resentment and bitterness towards them, we may not even have an emotion about this. If there are people in our lives that we have not yet forgiven, and maybe something just happened today that you need to forgive now, I, I beg you, Brothers and sisters, forgive. Do that first. Stop this video right now. Check your heart and see if there's anyone you need to forgive. And then we're ready to make this declaration. And so I invite you to say it together with me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. Have a most blessed and happy new year because these words are true. Thank you for listening. For additional messages and more information, please visit us on the web at allsaintslutheran.ca. Thank you.